0: Hello, everyone. This is Scott Shell, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to look at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers as they each head into their Week 8 matchups in the NFL, and we will look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting market. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in as we usually do, and we're going to start with the Oakland Raiders as they have to travel to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. In terms of the spread in this game, Houston was originally a a 5.5 point favorite. That has currently been bet up to 6.5 or even 7 in some spots, and the over-under has gone flying upward from 48 to 51 and a half. Now last week, the Raiders had a disappointing showing off a of bye week as they ended up traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers, and they lost by a score of 42-24. Josh Jacobs, rookie running back, was great once again as he had 21 carries for 124 yards. Derek Carr was also efficient as he ended up going 22-28 for 28 for 293 passing yards with two touchdowns and one interception. It is worth mentioning that Tyrell Williams, star receiver, once again did not play, as he also did not play against the Bears the week prior. So keep that in mind moving forward. However, Darren Waller finally got into the end zone as he ended up having seven receptions for 126 yards and two touchdowns as he continues to be uh, one of the best tight ends in the entire league in terms of production. He has been the most productive tight end so far this season, and he'll look to keep that rolling against the Texans and their questionable defense moving forward on Sunday. However, the issue with the Raiders were not on offense; it was based on their defense, as the defense gave up 429 passing yards and five passing touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers. However, they also gave up one rushing touchdown to Rodgers, as he had all day in the thro- he had all day in the pocket to throw. Uh, the Raiders only had one sack, the forced zero turnovers, and Rodgers picked them to pieces with a bunch of third-string and fourth-string receivers as the Raiders' defense just seemed content to send three or four the entire time, didn't really send many blitzes, and they got picked apart. It's so a little bit more concerning, considering the fact that the bear that the uh, Raiders were off of a bye week, and they came up with that much of a dud on defense. I also forgot to mention before turnovers were an issue for the Raiders. As a very crucial turnover happened at the end of the second quarter, as Derek Carr fumbled the ball into the back of the end zone, like he did against the Cowboys a couple years ago. That not only kept the Raiders off of the board, but it also gave the Packers about two minutes or a minute and a half to work with in the first half, and Rodgers was able to score a touchdown before the end of that half, which pretty much killed all momentum for the Raiders moving forward. So Derek Carr, in addition to the interception, had one fumble, and he will look to be a little bit more careful with the ball moving forward. Now, in terms of the injury report, Avantas Burfick still out for the year, as I said before. Tyrell Williams is actually expected to play this week, so that is definitely a huge step up in the... Uh, just the depth chart for the receivers as Tyler Williams has been a huge threat in whether it's the red zone or just a deep threat in general for the Raiders offense. So look for him to potentially draw some uh, extra attention from the Texans' secondary, which could open some stuff up underneath. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the rookie back, has not practiced all week. However, he did say that he does expect to play, so he will not practice this week and he will most likely be able to go. I don't know how efficient he will be, but he should definitely be out there on Sunday. Uh, Trent Brown, offensive tackle, did practice this week after having a calf injury. In terms of the domestic violence issue, nobody's really talked about it, so I guess the Raiders have decided to wait until some of the facts clear up before they make a decision on that, but as of right now, Trent Brown is expected to play in this game, which is a big boost to the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, Right guard Gabe Jackson was limited in practice this week with a knee injury, but he is expected to play, and center Rodney Hudson was also limited in practice this week with an ankle injury, but he is expected to play. In other news, though, the Raiders actually did make some headlines for some trades that they made during the course of the week, and cornerback Garyon Carter for, uh, Garyon Connelly, I should say, sorry about that, uh, was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, and he was actually, interestingly, traded to the Texans, which I find very fascinating because, one, that admits that the Raiders' questionable secondary as a whole, uh, I guess Connolly was one of the roots of their issues, and two, they traded him to the team that they're playing against this week, which you don't really see that often. I don't know how much of an impact he will have with Houston, but it's definitely interesting as the Raiders clearly needed to step to improve on their secondary, and it appears that they have officially pulled the plug on Connolly as they felt like he passed the point of no return, and they decided to simply ship him. So, uh, transitioning over to the Texans, they ended up losing as well last week on the road to the Indianapolis Colts by the score of 30 to 23. Deshaun Watson had was 23 of 34 for 308 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and one and uh, sorry with one passing touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, receiver DeAndre Hopkins had nine receptions for 108 yards with one touchdown and veteran wide receiver Kenny Stills had four receptions for 105 receiving yards. However, the issue that it has plagued the Texans has been protecting Deshaun Watson, and it seems like whenever Watson actually has time in the pocket to throw, the Texans usually win, but whenever he is pressured, they tend to struggle, and Watson was sacked three times by the Colts' defense, so the Raiders will definitely look to potentially send added pressure at Watson to make sure he does not have as comfortable of a time in the pocket as Rodgers did last week. However, the Texans did have a bit of an issue running the ball. As a team, they had 24 rushes for 100 rushing yards, which is equal to 4.2 yards per carry as well as one rushing touchdown. However, Carlos Hyde, starting running back, did not do much, as he only had 35 yards rushing. Duke Johnson also did not break 40. So overall, the main running backs did not do much. The one rushing touchdown, interestingly, was on a triple option uh, pitch to Kiki Cutie, the wide receiver, who was able to get into the end zone. So Houston will look to try to reestablish the run game, but definitely their offense will start and end with Watson as he will look to put together another solid performance to keep him in the MVP race. As for the Texans' defense, they struggled against the pass as well, as they allowed Jacoby Brissett to throw for 326 passing yards and had four passing touchdowns, and the Texans' defense only had one sack. So similarly to the Raiders, their issues on defense came from their inability to get after the quarterback, as both teams will look to improve on that moving forward in this Week 8 matchup. Now in terms of injury report, wide receiver Will Fuller, mispractice again, and he is currently doubtful for this game. However, the Texans did do a decent job of filling in the void without him last week, as Kenny Stills took a step forward and he had 105 receiving yards. Do I think it's a big deal for the Texans to lose Fuller? I think it definitely hurts, especially after Fuller had such a mammoth performance against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. So he had, does have the ability to take the top off the defense. So I think it's an end-all, be-all. No, I, I still think Hopkins will get the majority of the carry of the uh, targets in the passing game. Fells is still serviceable, and Kiki Cutie's healthy, so I think that they should be able to find a way to deal without him. Plus, Fells is a decent tight end, who is a decent red zone threat as well, so the Raiders will definitely still have their hands full if Fuller is not able to go. Other than that, though, right tackle Titus Howard has still not practiced due to a partial MCL tear, so he is currently doubtful for this game. I doubt he's going to play at all. Uh, there's a potential, maybe it's an outside chance that he will be able to play. But if he's not able to go, definitely an issue. As the Texans have struggled to protect Watson consistently with uh, without all five of their original starting linemen available. And well, it seems like when that unit is fully healthy. Uh, they're arguably one of the best offenses in the entire league. Howard's definitely a solid tackle, but the Raiders' questionable pass rush so far this season. Could potentially cancel that out but that remains to be seen now in terms of some trends for this game the texans are 6-0-1 against the spread in their last seven games following an ats loss and the texans are also 5-0-1 ats in their last six games in week eight whereas the raiders are 3-12-1 ats in their last 16 road games versus a team with a winning home record Based on that, the trends I'm going with, I will take the Texans to win this game by the score of 34 to 21, which means I like the Texans minus six and a half, and I do like the over 51 and a half. The main reason why I like this play, the Raiders off of bye week came out absolutely flat, and the Texans are still in an absolute war in their division, as no team has been fully able to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. The Colts are currently in first place, so the Texans are clinging right behind in second place and I think that based on the fact that the Texans will be able to return home, I think they should look for more solid performance. The Raiders, I'm a little bit concerned based on just the complete ineptitude on defense in their secondary, and now they traded carry on, uh, Gary on Connolly. so I also question just the replacements and whether or not they're actually going to get worse in that secondary. They can't get after the quarterback, which is an issue, and I think Watson will find Hopkins... Uh, at least, I'd say, eight or nine times. I would take his player props over, as I don't think the Raiders will have an answer. I think Watson will get back on track. He should throw for at least three touchdowns in this game. Uh, it's, overall, I'm only to the Texans here, because I still think the Raiders will get theirs offensively. I still think that with Tyrell Williams expect to be back, I don't think the Texans can guard Waller, and I think that Josh Jacobs, who should be able to play, I think the Raiders will try to stay more balanced than offense, especially with some of their key members on on the offensive line getting back to full strength. So I think the Raiders will play pretty well offensively. For that reason, my main lean on the game will be on the over 51.5. I think it's completely warranted that this line has jumped roughly 3.5 points. I think you should see both teams get to uh, I think one of these teams will get to 30. I think both teams should break at least 20. Well, this, Could this game be closer? I think it could. Texans could win by a touchdown. But I think if you are going to be looking at a game, you could be looking at 31-24, to 24, give or take. I, I, I think the Texans are going to blow it open late in the game due to the Raiders. Uh, they've been a little bit careless with the ball on offense. But as a whole, I will lean to the Texans minus 6.5, and, and I will take the over. 51 and a half as well however if you want more coverage on the raiders exclusively believe has you covered check out the believe in raiders podcast hosted by brad williamson where he will lay out the keys to victory for the raiders this week against the texans also if you're interested in advertising for the show please contact believe at believe.com as i can briefly talk about anything you want and we can i don't know, hopefully make some money together but other than that though we're going to switch gears to the 49ers as they uh, get to return home, and they will be taking on the Carolina Panthers. The 49ers opened up as a six-point favorite. They're currently down to 5.5. There are still some sixes available in the offshore markets, but I'd say it's mostly down to 5.5. And, and as for the over and under, interesting line move here as it has gone from 41.5 upward to 43. The 49ers last week ended up beating the Redskins in a very ugly game of football by the score of 9-0. Nothing. Had nothing to do with both teams. It had to do with the fact that it was pretty much a monsoon out there. And if you did not see any of the game, just look up Nick Bosa's sack dance at the end of the game, as he ended up using the field as a slip and slide because of the fact that there was so much rain on the field. Game overall was hideous. Both teams couldn't really do anything offensively due to the weather conditions. Jimmy Garoppolo went 12 of 21 for 151 passing yards with zero touchdowns and one interception. On the other hand, Tevin Coleman ended up having 20 carries for 62 rushing yards, The 49 as a whole did not really do that well running the ball as they ended up having 39 carries for 137 yards, which is equal to 3.5 yards per carry. Not great, but a lot of that to do with the fact that the running backs couldn't have any traction due to just the waterlogged field, and the Redskins' defensive line definitely showed up for the occasion. In terms of the receiving core, George Kittle had three receptions for 38 receiving yards. However, there was a little bit of an unsung hero with wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, ended up having three receptions for 69 yards. Had a couple of big conversions on third down, which definitely helped the 49ers get into field goal range, as they were able to make three field goals, which was enough to get them the victory. Uh, In terms of the injury report, Pro Bowler offensive tackle Joe Staley has officially returned to practice after missing the last couple of weeks with a fractured fibula, so he is expected to play in this game. However, starting right tackle Mike McGlinchey is still going to be out with a knee injury, and fullback Kyle Juszczyk will still also be out with a knee injury. Other than that, though, George Kittle uh, was eliminated in practice week with a groin injury, but he will play. And Debo Samuel has officially returned to practice with a gro- uh, after dealing with a groin injury, and he will, is expected to play in this game as well, which should lead to Bourne taking a bit of a backseat after a solid performance last week. San Francisco's defense, though, once again was fantastic. It is, has been a top-two defense in the entire league. You could say it's been the best, but I still give a slight edge to New England, but it's definitely been in the top two. San Francisco's defense was great as it had three sacks and it held Washington to just 154 total yards of offense. Plus, they also had a fourth down stop, they also had a fumble recovery, and they also limited the Redskins to just 10 first downs in the entire game. Complete domination. The Redskins couldn't really do anything. They did miss a field goal earlier in the game. But the 49ers, once that first field goal went in by Gould, you kind of had the feeling the Redskins were going to get shut out and that is exactly what happened. In other news, though, the 49ers, similar to the Raiders, did make a trade this past week, and they definitely bolstered their receiving core as they were able to acquire Emmanuel Sanders from the Denver Broncos, and he is expected to play in this game. According to some reports, Sanders is expected to play as he has some familiarity with Shanahan's playbook, but at the same point, he will definitely receive limited snaps as he slowly becomes acclimated to the offense. So look for him to make a bigger impact in future weeks. But in terms of this week, he should be playing roughly half the snaps as he familiarizes himself with the playbook once more. So keep that in mind. Now to switch gears with the Carolina Panthers, they actually had a bye last week. They're currently on a four-game winning streak, though. Kyle Allen will remain the starting quarterback with seven passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. There was a bit of a quarterback controversy going on as Cam Newton was projected to come back from his injury and potentially retake the starting job. But in my opinion, I think Carolina made the right choice, as I don't really know how you bench a quarterback who's in the middle, who's undefeated this season. He's won every game he started, and Carolina was 0-2 with Cam Newton. So I think they made the right move there, but Allen will be getting the nod at the starting quarterback position. However, Carolina's offense starts and ends with running back Christian McCaffrey, who, in my opinion, is in the running for the MVP uh, he has and 18 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns this season, but he's also been a huge threat in the passing game as he has 305 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. So McCaffrey is a dual threat out of the backfield. Definitely, I think, the most talented player that the 49ers will have to deal with, at least game-planning-wise, from the skill position area uh, all season long. And McCaffrey's off a of bye week, so... Uh, Carolina's off a of bye week, so you have to wonder just how well they prepared for the 49ers stifling defense as well as their offense as a whole. However, Carolina's defense, very underrated unit. People talk about the San Francisco 49ers defense being a top three defense in the league. Carolina's got to be in the top ten, if not the top five, as Carolina's defense is currently averaging a whopping 4.5 sacks per game, which is the most in the NFL by a wide margin, and they will look to send serious pressure at Garoppolo on Sunday. Now, in terms of the injury report, defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, was dealing with a knee injury, offensive tackle, Dennis uh, Daly, and defensive end Brian Burns, who's dealing with a wrist injury. They're all limited in practice, and they all are expected to play, so there's definitely a boost for Carolina, who will be uh, you know, because Gerald McCoy has been a very solid defensive tackle for pretty much his entire career, and Burns has done a solid job of getting after the quarterback. And he is very versatile, so that's definitely a big deal if Carolina is able to get both of them to play. In terms of some trends, the Panthers are 4-0 ATS in their last four games in October. The Panthers are also 4-0 ATS in their last four road games. Meanwhile, the 49ers are actually 1-9 against the spread in their last 10 meetings in San Francisco. And the 49ers are 3-14 against the spread in their last 17 meetings with the Panthers. So the Panthers have actually dominated this series, and a lot of people probably didn't know that. I definitely learned that when I was looking up some of the trends. In terms of the game itself, I will still give the nod to the 49ers to get the job done, but I think this game will be really close, and I expect this to become an absolute war on the defenses, and I think the 49ers will win this game by a score of twenty-two seventeen. 17 I know money has come in on the over, I don't really understand it. San Francisco, I know Garoppolo has been very successful as the starting quarterback, and I believe he has a 14-2 record as a starter, but as a whole, he has looked pretty underwhelming, and San Francisco has continued to use a run-first mentality on offense, and Carolina's defensive front definitely has the ability to stop that rushing attack and at least pressure Garoppolo on any dropbacks. At the same point, though, Carolina, I think, if San Francisco's defense is able to get after Allen and is able to, limit McCaffrey, to say the least, to maybe 100 total yards. I don't really think Carolina has many playmakers outside of McCaffrey. I definitely think that—I mean, Greg Olsen's a veteran. He's been pretty good. DJ Moore is decent from a wide receiver perspective. But I definitely think San Francisco's defensive line will get after Allen. I think you should see a decent amount of sacks in this game. In terms of a prop total, I would take the over. But in terms of this game, I like the 49ers to win by a score of 22-17, which means I like the Panthers' plus six as well as the under-43. Simply put, I know Carolina's off a bye, but as a whole, the 49ers at home, they're still undefeated. Until I actually see the 49ers lose, I will keep picking them to win, but I still think that six points of a spread is completely outrageous, and I think that Carolina should be able to keep this game within single digits for the entirety of the game, and I think this game will come down to red zone defense. Whichever team is able to hold the opposition to more field goals as opposed to touchdown in the red zone will be able to get the job done, and I think the 49ers' defense is slightly better than Carolina's, so for that reason, I will be taking the 49ers to win outright, but I do like the Panthers to cover the six-point the six point spread as well as the under 43. However, if you do want more coverage on the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered as well. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to find me personally, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. Other than that, though, that's going to do with this installment of Betting Bay Area. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.